Fire away. Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me on social media at Chris Belcher 24 That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you give us a follow. Interact with us on social media. That's the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. Uh, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So let us know what you want to hear about on social media. That's the best way to get in touch with us, to interact with us. That's the best form of feedback that we can have is your social media. So thank you for doing that. If you have done that already, if you have not done it, what the heck are you waiting for? Uh, we would love to hear from you. If you are a first time listener, welcome to the show. Thank you for spending your Thursday. If you're listening to this as it drops or whatever day you're listening to it, Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope that you'll hit that subscribe button wherever you found this podcast. You'll hit that download button. That way that you get a new episode to the device of your choice on whatever platform you choose. Um, every time that we drop a new one, we drop new shows Mondays and Thursdays. So again, if you're new to the show, thank you so much. If you are a faithful listener of the show and you've been with us for a long time or even heck since the beginning, Thank you so much. The show would not be possible without you. We wouldn't do this show if it wasn't for you because otherwise we'd just be talking to ourselves. Speaking of talking to ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to myself on today's episode. Uh, as you heard on Monday, Mr. Andy York is on vacation this week. I know he is having a blast in Disney World. He's actually run into some WWE superstars at Disney World. We'll talk about that when he comes back next week. Um, but I had some guests lined up for this week, and we had some scheduling issues. Actually, they were on my end. They weren't on their end, so that's not on them. That's on me. Uh, but that being said, we're doing this show solo, flying solo on today's current product show. So I hope that you'll hang with me for the next 30, 35-ish minutes, uh, 40 minutes maybe, as we talk about all things current in the world of wrestling. Uh, once again, if you are just now joining us, this show is available on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell. The show is also available on Sportswire Radio, 24-7 coverage of your all your sports needs. A Sportswire Radio, thanks to Tom and the crew over there for all of their support. And then if you're listening to us on the good old-fashioned Apple Podcast or on Google Play or on Spotify, Thank you for doing that as well. Give us a five-star review there. That helps the visibility of the show. We appreciate it. So wherever you're listening or you're watching, uh, thank you for doing that. All right, let's dive in. Before we dive into AEW, though, we had our boys TSF on the show on Monday. Hope you all enjoyed us catching up with them. As we told you on that show, and as we're going to tell you right now, CCW Coastal Championship Wrestling presents Game On this Saturday at Redcon 1 in Nashville, Tennessee. Bell time is at 8 p.m. TSF, Hunter Knott, and Rosario Grilla will be challenging Venetius and Ariel Levy, the South American Alliance, for the CCW World Tag Team Championship. I love Ariel Levy and Venetius. They've been nothing but gracious to me, but... You guys know that I'm pulling for my boys TSF to bring home the gold. That is this coming Saturday, along with some other incredible action. 
Hollyhood Haley J., uh, former OVW Women's Champion, is going to be there. Jackal Stevens, uh, CCW Southeastern Champion. Um, oh, did I mention AEW star Brian Cage is going to be there? Uh, so he will be there. The Nashville Chase Stevens, hometown Nashville favorite, is going to be there. A loaded card coming up this Saturday. So if you're in Nashville or you're in and around the Nashville area, tickets are available. CCWrestlingFL.com, or you can actually buy tickets at the door. Not sure what the price difference is, but you can buy tickets at the door. So come out this Saturday, Redcon 1 in Nashville, Tennessee. Bell time is at 8 p.m. Great action. You might even see a familiar face hanging around there. Uh, you never know what's going to happen at CCW. So mark your calendars. Make sure you come hang out. Speaking of CCW, before we move on again, I want to give a shout out to our boy, Bo Tavian, a.k.a. Reeves Portman. He has been on this podcast several times. We have enjoyed our time with Bo. Bo, last weekend, became the Division Pro Heavyweight Champion. And that uh, that uh, territory, that's the word, that promotion is out of Florida. I think it's the Orlando area. Don't quote me on that. But congrats to Bo Tavian winning the World Championship in Division Pro Wrestling Kudos to that guy. I know he's worked so hard in rehabbing his injury coming back. I think he came back in August or September and he posted the other day that he's really just now catching his groove and really feeling like himself. And it shows because he captured the world championship in division pro wrestling. So shout out to Bo. Congrats brother uh, from everybody here at the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. You know, the you're, you're very special in our hearts. Thank you so much for all you do for us and for the world of wrestling, and congrats on your World Heavyweight Championship. Now, let's move on to AEW. Now, full disclosure, um, I did not watch all of Dynamite last night, but I did watch some of it. So this AEW segment is actually going to be a little bit different than what Andy and I normally go through. And no, that does not mean that since Andy's not here, you're going to be able to hear me rant and rave about how much I hate AEW. That's not true. Okay, that's not going to happen. Um, I will rant a little more than normal because it's just me, myself, and I here. But a lot of things have come up in the world of social media this week and a lot of reactions from fans and from wrestlers and just some things that, I don't know, I felt like we need to address here on the podcast. I felt like it's good conversation, especially to have, again, by myself. So here we go. First thing that I want to address is there were a lot of rumblings after Rampage on Friday night, we saw Adam Page take on Ishii, and I don't, I can't pronounce his first name for the life of me, but saw Adam, uh, not Adam Page, Adam Cole, sorry. Uh, I don't know why I had Adam Page on the mind. Adam Cole taking on Ishii on Rampage, and it was a solid match. It was a good 10 to 15 minutes to kick off Rampage, and, and that was that. Adam Cole gets the win, but a lot of fans online were commenting and upset that they feel like now Adam Cole is being overused on AEW. Now, I've been vocal on this podcast before and saying that he was underutilized, especially when he first debuted because he had such a hot debut and things like that. But a lot of fans online are, are saying that he's being overused. Well, those same fans, I preface by saying that I'm not one of them because I don't think he's being overused. But a lot of those same fans were in the camp that I was in that Adam Cole was being underused. 
So is he underused? Is he overused? Where are we? Couple of weeks back, it was probably a month ago actually. Andy and I had a really good conversation putting down wrestling fans. Now, that's not to say that every every that we have anything against every single wrestling fan because everybody is entitled to their opinion. That that's freedom of speech in this world. That's you know freedom of opinion of wrestling fans. It's it's been that way ever since the beginning of wrestling. Uh, it's why we have heels and baby faces and storylines and tweeners and all this other kind of stuff so it's it's fine i'm not saying that people can't have their opinion what i'm saying is it gets really frustrating when you can't make wrestling fans happy there's just no two ways about it you're not going to be happy no matter what gets put out there so adam cole is underutilized okay well what does that mean let's put him on tv more let's expose him more let's get him in some championship matches and some big storylines okay well, now he's being overused. He doesn't feel special anymore. What do you want to do? Like, do you think he was being overused when he was NXT champion for over 400 days and he was on the show every week? Like, was he being overutilized then? It just... AEW comes and goes with the people that they push and that they pull back on, and it drives me nuts. But that's just the way that they are, so we have to accept it. And maybe this is the time where they're really pushing hard for Adam Cole because Kenny Omega might be coming back. And then they want Adam Cole to feel like a big deal and be on everybody's mind so that, oh, yeah, here comes Kenny Omega. They're going to rekindle their rivalry and they're going to have these banger matches and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. So maybe that's why they're putting Adam Cole out there so much. I just, I think it's great because I think AEW needs to utilize their superstars and not, I don't want to say not use the people that nobody cares about because that's a little harsh. But there are a lot of these people that are getting the spotlight that I don't want to say don't deserve it. For for instance, last night on Dynamite, there was a street fight between Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. They've had a feud for a while. Okay, and I'm going to talk about the women's division here in just a few minutes. They've had a feud for a while. I'm not saying nobody cares about them. What I'm saying is they probably took time away from, I don't know, somebody else. I, I, I don't know. It just, AEW is weird in how they manage their shows and how they manage who comes and who goes and that kind of thing. So I think that has some to do with this Adam Cole situation. And fans are starting to feel that, you know, they're being vocal about it on Twitter and on social media. And again, they have the right to their opinion, but I think I think the cracks in the armor of AEW are are kind of showing at this point. And now they've got New Japan and they've got ROH, and we talked about that last week, and that's all kind of coming to fruition. And but we're in year three now, coming on the third anniversary of AEW. I think Dynamite debuted in October of nineteen, so we're coming up. Uh, Two and a half years of AEW. We're starting, we're, we should be starting to get into a groove of what AEW actually is, what they're going to become, that kind of thing. So it'll just be interesting to see how it goes moving forward because, and how they utilize their stars. For example, my next point is Matt and Jeff Hardy. Now they have a lot of fanfare coming in when Jeff finally came in and, and Matt, you know, 
went away from the Hardy family office and now it's just the Andrade family office and he became a Hardy boy again. Okay, that okay, nostalgia, cool, whatever. I don't know about you guys that are listening to this, but I'm already tired of the Hardy Boys gimmick in AEW. Why? Because we've seen it. They've been the Hardy Boys since night. Well, I mean, really since they were born because they're brothers. But on screen, they've been the Hardy Boys since like 99. And they've pretty much been doing this gimmick the whole time. With the exception of a few years where Matt was out of due to be and Jeff was on his own. They were both in TNA doing the broken stuff, yada, yada, yada. Having said that, the Hardy Boys gimmick to me is it's it's run its course. Honestly, in AEW, I'm tired of it already. I really am. Like, I just I want you to move on. I need something different. I was looking forward to them coming in doing the broken universe stuff. I think that's coming. I mean, I was when Matt debuted, I know he debuted during the pandemic, but he debuted as broken Matt Hardy. I thought we would sort of go back to that. Matt had started doing the delete again and that kind of thing. So I think we're transitioning to that, but man, it is a slow burn transition into that. I just, Jeff has not been good. I don't think since, since he's been back. In fact, Matt and Jeff wrestled on dark last week. I think it was. And word on the street, according to Matt Hardy was that they got asked to do it by Tony Khan and they were happy to oblige. Well, again, this goes back to wrestling fans not ever being happy because the perfect example is Jeff Hardy goes to AEW and he wrestles on Dark and everybody's fine with it. Dark is their YouTube show that, that people don't watch, by the way. The other side of that coin is that when Jeff was in WWE, people lost their minds when he competed on main event, which nobody watches. Main event. Dark competes on main event. Everybody's up in arms competes on dark. Everybody's fine with it. Can somebody tell me like what the difference is in this? It's a demotion. I don't care what they say. I don't care if Tony Khan did ask for a favor for them to compete on dark and they were happy to oblige because Tony asked them nicely or whatever. Like it's a demotion. Hello. It just, it's annoying. It's frustrating. I'm just, I'm over the Hardy Boys already in AEW. I really am. Um, it's the best way I know to put that. I, I'm over it. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do something else. Swig of, what do we got today? Mountain Dew Code Red. Mm, one of the better Mountain Dews. Swig of Mountain Dew for the working man. Hang on. That's what happens when I'm all by myself. Got to take a drink break and wet the palate and you're ready to keep going. All right. A couple more AEW topics to talk about before we move on. One of the biggest, one of the biggest, I don't want to say bombshells, but it's kind of a bombshell the other way. Recently, as far as AEW is concerned, is it was, it was rumored that Bret Hart just re-signed a very lucrative deal with WWE. Now, why that, why is that significant for AEW? Well, if you're paying any attention at all, Martha Hart, who is Brett's sister-in-law, the widow of Owen Hart, signed an exclusive deal with AEW. They're doing the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. They're releasing Owen Hart merchandise, Owen Hart figures, 
all that kind of stuff. All that is being done in AEW because Martha feels that they'll honor his legacy the best, which is stupid. And I'm not going to get into that. But that being said, we have the Owen Hart stuff going on. We have FTR, who we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. FTR paying tribute to Bret Hart every time they turn around, wearing Bret Hart boots, using a sharpshooter, pink lights in their backstage interview, hinting at a new manager, a former champion. So, I mean, all signs pointed to Bret Hart coming in. Andy and I, even last week on the Thursday show, said, man, it wouldn't shock me if Bret Hart shows up this week since FTR is facing each other in this Owen Hart tournament. It wouldn't shock us if Bret showed up well. We had no more vocalized that and got that opinion out to you listeners. And it's announced that Bret Hart's re-signed with WWE. Now, Andy mentioned that he wanted FTR to come out on the show this week in their pink and black as a tribute to Owen and to Bret. And they did. I mean, that was great that they did that. They actually even came out together, and I'll talk about that match in a few minutes. So that was great. I hate it for them because you Bret Hart's their hero, man. And they wanted Bret Hart in there so bad to manage them and, and at least a part of AEW. And for you guys that don't know, I think it was at Double or Nothing in 2019 that Bret was the one that came out and presented the AEW World Championship for the very first time. So it's not like it's a far-fetched idea that Bret wouldn't go to AEW. But we see WWE wrapping up another legend and the fact that they were actually scared that he would go to AEW, I think. So they re-signed Brett. I thought Brett was already on a legends deal, but I guess whatever legends deal he was on would not have prevented him from signing a deal with AEW. And he, so they had to redo the deal or get him on another deal or something. I'm not sure exactly how all that works, but Brett is re-signed with WWE, and like I said, I hate it for FTR because they wanted him in there so bad, and it seemed like a perfect fit. Um, I know that managers, uh, I'm kind of on the fence about legends being managers depending on how it works and what they're doing and that kind of thing. For example, I hate Sting being Darby Allen's manager, but I mean, Sting wrestles sometimes, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're talking about Bret Hart. So I hate it for FTR, but at the same time, I am glad that WWE wrapped up a legend that has a very rich history with the company. I'm very glad that they did that. I like to see that honored in WWE, not somewhere else. Because AEW can mention WWE if they want, or they can do whatever. Um, but Bret Hart's history is with the WWE. Bret Hart's family legacy is with the WWE. Bret Hart needs to stay with the WWE. I, I wouldn't have hated if he went to AEW. It would have been fine. I would have gotten used to it. No big deal. But I'm glad that he's with WWE. Now, I've been on this podcast several times and vocalized my opinion about how I do not like Bret Hart. I think he's, I think he's a crappy person. I don't know him personally, but I think he's very full of himself from what I've read and that kind of thing. But I respect what he has done in the ring. I respect his legacy. He has had some of the most incredible matches in WWE history. There's no denying that. So I'm glad that that's staying with the WWE. Glad WWE is going to be able to honor that. Now, whether they use him on screen or not, I don't know. 
um, whether they just signed him and are going to send him a check every week or every month or however that works. They just signed him to keep him away from AEW. That They can do that. It's their business. It's fine. But I'm glad Brad Hart is re-signed with WWE. I think that's the place for him to be. So there's that. You know, I wouldn't have been upset if he went to AEW, but I think it's good for WWE that they've done that. And we'll see how it plays out. I don't think they'll use him, but I guarantee you if they come up with something, they got a spot for him. You know, they might use him. You know, I, I think um, on Sam Roberts podcast this week, he was talking about it and he said that Brett would be a great manager for Seth Rollins. Well, I can see that. You kind of intertwine Cody Rhodes with that and that kind of thing. That could be interesting, but Seth Rollins doesn't need a manager. And being a manager, I think, is all about managing somebody that needs a manager. You know what I mean? Um, that they need somebody to talk for them and they need, I don't know, something like that. So I, you could make the argument that it could work. But Seth is so good on the mic that you, what would what would the point of Brett be? You know what I mean? So interesting to see how this is going to all unfold moving forward. But Bret Hart re-signing with the WWE. Another AEW-WWE-related topic coming out in the world of social media this week. Becky Lynch did an interview, and I don't remember the source, about the women's division or she was asked rather by the AEW women's division and how they compare to WWE and that kind of thing. And to sum it up, paraphrasing, obviously, because I don't remember exactly what she said. I don't have it written down, but she said that there is no competition. They can't measure up. They being AEW, that they're not given the spotlight that the WWE women's division is. They don't have the talent. The WWE Women's Division does. Therefore, they don't feel as important and they can't compete with the WWE Women's Division. And the WWE Women's Division is head and shoulders above AEW's Women's Division. Well, she couldn't have been more right. <laughs> and I've confirmed that with several AEW fans as well, that they agree with what she said. Absolutely. I mentioned Akaru Shida and Serena Deeb earlier. That's a fine feud. That's fine. Whatever. You had Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa's really fallen off since she beat Britt Baker for the title. But it seems like that the they, they try really hard with the women. And that's fine. You want to put them in gimmick matches, you can do that. That's fine. Whatever. But um, WWE doesn't have to do that. You know what I mean? They have a women's division that they can go out there and they can wrestle and they're credible and they can be fine. Like, let's figure out who we've got in the women's division in AEW. Britt Baker, head and shoulders, the best one that they have, okay? No denying that. Britt Baker is the queen of the mountain, so to speak. And nobody's going to touch her. you got Thunder Rosa, who's the champ. Okay, you've got Nyla Rose. You've got... Jamie Hayter, you got Jade Cargill, now you got Marina Shafir, uh, you got Serena Deeb, who I mentioned, Akaru Shida, who I mentioned, and you've got whoever's with Jade Cargill, I guess it's Velvet, and somebody else, name escapes me. Tony Storm, you got Tony Storm now, 
Ruby Soho. I almost forgot about Ruby. Okay, now let's stack it up on the other side. Becky Lynch. Bailey, who was injured. Sasha Banks. Asuka. Alexa Bliss, who is not on television right now. Ronda Rousey. Okay, and I haven't even mentioned your champions. Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Like, there's no comparison. Do I think that AEW could focus more on the women's division? I don't know. I don't know what their fan base, how their fan base would react to that. I I think bottom line is it's, it's a quality of wrestling. WWE has brought these women up, training them, most of them, didn't have wrestling experience before they got to do to be the Charlottes and uh, Bianca and Ronda Rousey. And I mean, Ronda was an athlete, but a little different. Um, but a lot of these women, Alexa bliss didn't have any kind of wrestling experience before they got there and they've been trained up and Charlotte's arguably the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I say arguably because I don't believe it, but if you ask my dad, <laughs> or a lot of other people, they'll say Charlotte's the best women wrestler of all time. They trained her from the ground up. She, I mean, did she have it in her blood? Sure she did. She's a flare. But she had never put on a headlock or a wrist lock or taken a bump before she got to WWE. Then you have the Becky Lynch's and the Sasha Banks and those kind of ladies who have wrestling experience that came in and made it you know, they made themselves even better, made themselves into superstars. So, yeah, it's, there's there's no competition for me. Um, there's just not. Jade Cargill seems like the, the really big homegrown talent for AEW. And I'll get to this a little bit later, but she's just not there yet. She's getting there. She's getting better, but she's not there yet. Um, I don't know. Tough call on how to get that women's division up to par. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I think it's fine. I think they have a fine product, but when their women's division, when they have women's matches, I just, excuse me, it's not um, not enjoyable for me. I'll just be honest. It's not. And then you got people coming in like Ruby Soho and Tony Storm who you don't capitalize on their momentum when they come in and I don't remember the last time we saw Ruby Soho wrestle. I think it was on Rampage a couple weeks ago, but that's it. Like, I don't know. You've got one standout above all of the rest. That's Britt Baker. And when she's not the champion or, you know, whatever, it just, I don't know. It's not as good. So Becky Lynch was right. Not trying to be harsh, but WWE women's division is, is way better. Another swig of Mountain Dew and we'll move on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just now checking us out, welcome to the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. Follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you're subscribing wherever you're watching us or wherever you're listening to us. Bodyslam.net YouTube channel, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on Sportswire Radio. Subscribe. Keep it tuned in here. Uh, we bring you brand new content every Monday and every Thursday. We apologize for the delay in this week's episode. Again, we had some scheduling issues. That was on me. That's my bad. 
Um, but we're still cranking out content for you. Make sure you check out our archives for all of our past episodes. There is something here for every wrestling fan. If you're just now finding the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, check out our archives. We got old school stuff. We got new school stuff. We got fantasy booking. We got memories. We've got just interviews, all kinds of crazy stuff. This past week, we interviewed TSF, Hunter Knott, and Rosario Grillo, the hottest tag team on the indie scene. We interviewed them for a second time. Go check out both of those shows. I shout, I give a shout out to Bo Tavian earlier, the new division pro wrestling heavyweight champion. We've interviewed him several times on our shows. So go back and check that out. Something for everybody. Like I said, here on the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. So check out our archives, give us a follow and hang out with us each and every Monday and Thursday. All right, let's move on to the WWE. Um, Let's start with Mr. Randy Orton. I don't think you could start anywhere else, if I'm being honest. Earlier this week, on Monday, was the 20th anniversary to the day of Randy Orton's WWE debut. Man, we talked to, we talked about it with Hunter and Rosario on Monday about just how good Randy Orton is. And Andy and I talk all the time on this podcast about how good Randy is and how underrated randy is because there are a lot of people that if you ask them to create a top 10 wrestlers of all time or a mount rushmore or whatever randy orton is nowhere to be found on that list and that's a that's a travesty if i'm being honest randy orton over 20 years in the wwe and he wrestled in ovw i'm not sure exactly how long his stint was excuse me, there before he came to WWE, but he's a 14-time world heavyweight champion. He's the only man in WWE history to walk into WrestleMania on separate occasions, obviously, holding every single major championship. He's taken the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, the tag title, and the world title into WrestleMania on more than one occasion. Kudos to Randy Orton. Man, what a career the man has had. Uh, he's one of my favorites of all time. If you haven't checked out his episode of Do to Be Evil, if you haven't checked out his episode of Broken Skull Sessions, um, it just gives you an incredible perspective on the personal struggles that Randy has gone through and the professional struggles that Randy has gone through. So go check those out. And if those don't make you more of a Randy Orton fan, I don't know. Who will? I'm just I'm just being honest. You know, I do remember Randy's debut. It was against Hardcore Holly, and I know they showed this on Raw, and I'm not just watching it from Raw and saying, oh, yeah, I remember that. No, I remember watching it. I remember the, the first memory I have of watching Randy Orton wrestle is him hitting that drop kick against Hardcore Holly and thinking, oh, man, this is one of the prettiest-looking drop kicks I've ever seen. Now, I'm not saying I knew the guy was going to be a star, but I'm just saying that imp- that memory is imprinted in my head. So I was always a Randy Orton fan. Even when he had the, the blue and yellow striped tights and then when he got his shoulder hurt and he did the, the RNN, the Randy News Network or the Orton News Network, or I don't remember exactly what he called it, but he did those updates or virtually no updates at all. Um, it was great. And then he joined Evolution. Triple H handpicked him and Dave Batista to join Evolution. Now, 
Triple H, and the night he introduced Randy Orton in Evolution, he gave a promo about how he's the the diamond in the rough of WWE. Like this is going to be the next star in WWE, and and said all kinds of great things about Randy Orton. I just wonder. I know Triple H believed in Randy, and he went out on a limb for Randy, and he sacrificed for Randy. He's went to bat for Randy a lot. I'm not saying Triple H is like a philosopher or anything. I'm not saying that he can predict the future or anything, but the comments that he made about Randy Orton, I just wonder if he knew exactly what he was saying or the weight of what he was saying because all of those things have come true. Randy Orton is one of the top stars of our generation. Definitely. And I would say he's one of the greatest of all time. Now, if I'm making a list, he's probably in the top 20, I think, of the greatest of all time. He might be in the top 10. I wasn't really prepared to answer my own question there. Um, It's just kind of a, a thought, I guess. But Randy is certainly up there and amongst the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's a second-generation superstar. It's in his blood. And he's going to continue doing it for another 10 years, so he says. So, Randy Orton, congrats on 25, 20 years in the wrestling business. I know you'll make it to 25. I know you'll make it to 30. He's already said he's going to try to make it to 30. So, kudos to Randy Orton. What an incredible career. And it's not over with. He's doing some of the best work of his career right now, and he's having a lot of fun with Matt Riddle. I would prefer for him not to be with Riddle, but if it's rejuvenating Randy's love for the business, it's going to make him stick around longer. If he's having a blast and he's doing great work, I guess I can't complain. So kudos to Randy Orton. A lot of other things that we saw on Monday Night Raw, we saw two big returns from Monday Night Raw. Asuka and Mustafa Ali are both back both back for different reasons. Um, Asuka, we see her return during the return of Becky Lynch. Uh, we hadn't seen Becky Lynch since WrestleMania. Becky's kind of promo. Asuka interrupts. You can't go wrong with Becky and Asuka feuding. I think the last time they feuded, Asuka was a heel and Becky was a babyface. So it's an interesting turnaround uh, to go the other way. And it's a great feud to, to bring Asuka back in. It's also a great feud for Becky not having the title. Because she said in her promo, she doesn't know who Becky Lynch is without the championship. I said on this podcast, I don't know what Becky Lynch is going to be without the championship. So I think Asuka is a good way to to kind of get her started. I could feud with Asuka for a couple of couple pay-per-views, maybe. Around Money in the Bank, Becky wins Money in the Bank, and then we have a looming in the shadows of Bianca Belair again. And I'm fine with that. But it's great to have Asuka back. She's recovered. She recovered from injury. I think it was a shoulder injury. I don't remember for sure. But Asuka is back. Very cool to see her return. And then Mustafa Ali. He's been very vocal on Twitter about wanting his release and being not happy with his direction. And the retribution thing kind of went sideways really quick. Um, Started out as a very serious thing. With people invading Raw and we didn't know who it was going to be. And then once they revealed the members and the leader to be Ali, it was like, kind of like, okay, we're done with this already, you know, because nobody really took Ali seriously in that role. And then they tried a couple other things with Mansoor and then with Ricochet and 
that kind of thing. But now Ali is back in his original gimmick with the light kind of thing. I did my hand like this because he used to have the light on his hand or whatever. So he was in his he was in his original gimmick gear and he had one of his old shirts on shirts on and all that had his old music and so that was cool. He got a decent response. Nobody expected him to be there. Got a decent response. Fans seemed to be behind him. I enjoy this version of Mustafa Ali, honestly. Like, he was incredible. Just, you know, when the bell rings, the guy's really good. We saw that against the Miz. He's really good. So I think WWE needs good hands like this to really get in there and, and showcase and have good matches. And, you know, maybe he'll take the U.S. title off of theory. I don't know for sure. But it was really good to have him back. I'm glad that Mustafa Ali has returned. Another thing that happened on Monday Night Raw that didn't go over so well with me, and I don't think it ever does with anybody, honestly, is this arm wrestling contest thing. Um, it was not good. Omos could not sell his arm wrestling quote-unquote struggles too well. Um, wasn't a fan. You, I don't think you ever get anywhere with an arm wrestling match. <laughs> As friend of the show, Jason Backwoods texted me during Monday Night Raw. He said, arm wrestling is such a Vince McMahon thing. And it is. It's ridiculous. And it is. You know, so I wasn't a fan. It just didn't look good. Not a fan of. I'm glad that MVP is with Omos. Don't get me wrong have a hard time getting behind Bobby Lashley as a solo baby face. And just this, it just didn't work for me. I get what they were trying to do, but, but it did not work for me. One other thing from WWE, and then we'll kind of wrap this show up. Let me take a swig of Mountain Dew again for the working man. One more thing from WWE is this idea of, of SmackDown as a whole. Now on this show, we have talked about, in the past at least, a SmackDown was must-watch. Roman Reigns was on fire. And Brock Lesnar was the ultimate foil for him. And everybody loved Brock Lesnar. And SmackDown was just must-see heading into WrestleMania. But it seems like after WrestleMania, it just doesn't feel as captivating as it once was. And I don't know if that's the absence of Brock Lesnar. I never thought I'd say that. I don't know if it's the absence of Brock Lesnar, but I think a lot of it, you can see that there's not a clear direction for Roman Reigns right now. If you read the dirt sheets and everything, they say, well, we're not sure what we're going to do with Roman right now. Not sure what the future of both belts are, yada, yada, yada. Well, we can see that because it used to be every time that Roman would be on screen, we would all like, it, we'd be captivated. We'd be glued to it. And it's not like that right now. So it's it's pretty clear that they don't have a direction for Roman Reigns, and that makes the product suffer. Again, not something I ever thought I would say, but SmackDown has just lost some momentum lately since WrestleMania. Like Andy and I talked last, last week about how there's not really been a dip in wrestling. Well, I'm going to retract that statement because I feel like SmackDown is not just not as good as it was. Maybe that's Brock Lesnar's fault. I don't know, but 
maybe it's a lack of direction for Roman Reigns. It seemed like we were going the Shinsuke route. Now there's rumors of the Drew McIntyre route. Uh, I even saw something thrown out about how the Usos versus, excuse me, Usos versus RK Bro at WrestleMania Backlash could lead to Roman and Randy. Oh, that'd be great. I'd be all for that. Um, but we need to we need to establish something for Roman Reigns because it's hurting the product. All right. Let's wrap up this show the way that we always wrap up all of our shows. That is handing out our high spots and our turd sandwiches, the highs and the lows of this week in the wrestling business. And I'm going to start with my turd sandwich. I mentioned it earlier, and I know that I just I, I ranted a little bit about the women's division in AEW, and I don't mean to continue to dog the women's division in AEW. It's fine. It's bearable. They have good matches sometimes, but Jay Cargill versus Marina Shafir, it was better than it should have been, but it's still my turd sandwich of this week. Um, it was not great. These two ladies need to be in there both of them separately with ladies that, that are experienced, know how to work. It just, this match was not good. Um, match could have been good if you would have waited a little longer and made this at like a double or nothing or made this feel like a big event. But you teased it one week and then you threw it up on Rampage the next week. So like it just, it didn't work for me. Marina Shafir is not experienced enough. Jade Cargill, not experienced enough. You know, I, I've gone on record and said this, this was my fear of her winning the TBS title is it would not mean as much because she's not able to have quality matches. And that's where we're at. Uh, I, I, again, I'm not trying to sit here and dog AEW's women's division, but geez, it wasn't good. It just was not good. Um, high spot of the week best thing that happened in the wrestling business this week I would cop out and give it to Randy Orton you know getting to see Randy and Cody back together in the ring and you know that eight man tag main event kind of thing um, but no I'm going to give it to FTR Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler them coming out to the ring together was fantastic wearing the, the Brett and Owen tribute gear that was fantastic Everything that FTR does is, is really, really good. And I am very, I, I know that there's been some rocky stuff in AEW and they haven't felt as important, but as we've, you know, gone on record and said several times on this podcast recently, they're the best tag team in the world. Them and the Usos, really they are. And they showed you why they being FTR. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler showed you why on Dynamite last night in that one-on-one -on -one match was so good it was so good um these two guys know how to work these two guys know what they're doing in the ring and they showed it again love that they came out together the showing of solidarity and that they're doing this for the owen hart tournament paying tribute to the hart family and then going at it and just beating the snot out of each other really good match really solid it's my high spot of the week i enjoyed it very 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 much all right, guys, that's going to do it for this solo edition of the Pie Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me. Make sure you give us a follow at PBW Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at Chris Belcher24 on those platforms as well. 
Again, if you're in the Nashville area, come out to the CCW show. It's called Game On. It is at Redcon 1 in Nashville, Tennessee, this Saturday night. And that is April the 30th. Bell time is 8 p.m. AEW star Brian Cage is going to be there. Hollywood Haley J, former OVW Women's Champion, is going to be there. Ariel Levy and Venetius will be defending the tag team titles against our boys, TSF, Hunter Naughton, Rosario Grillo. Make sure you come out. And if you see me floating around out there, say hi. Let's interact. Um, and if, if you love TSF, if you know who they are and you're just now checking us out, we've interviewed them twice on the show. Go back and check it out in our archives. This past Monday, we had a blast catching up with them. And then, of course, the initial interview where we introduced them to you guys. Check those interviews out. Make sure that you check out the rest of our archives. There's old school. There's nude school. New school, not nude school. Whoops. Um, new school. There's something for everybody on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. This coming Monday, we are going to talk about backlash. Not the upcoming backlash. That's going to be for next Thursday. We're going to talk about the history of backlash. Some great moments and matches. Because believe it or not, guys, backlash is not a pay-per-view to sleep on. I've gone back through and I've watched several backlash pay-per-views through the years. I've watched them recently in their entirety. And they hold up. It is a great after WrestleMania pay-per-view, especially if you're given context of the storylines and standalone pay-per-views. If you're just going back to watch them, man, great stuff. So this Monday, we're going to talk all about backlash. I might even have a special guest. If I can get schedules lined up, we'll see. Um, but backlash this coming Monday, you don't want to miss it. All right. My name is Chris Belcher. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and putting up with me for almost 45 minutes today on this edition of the pipe bomb wrestling podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Make sure that you uh, hit that notifications bell on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at PBW Podcast. My name's Chris Belcher. Thank you again for hanging out with us on this edition of the Buy Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.